Welcome to Why I Built This, the show where founders share the stories behind why they built the organizations they built. I'm your host, Mary Elizabeth Lemmer, and on this show I talk to nonprofit founders, to tech company founders, and even the owner of your favorite local business. You'll get to hear the real stories behind the initial inspiration, the burning desires, the touching stories that lit the initial spark and keep the fire burning for purpose-driven entrepreneurs. We're excited today to get to know Lillian Zhao and the story behind why she started Further Food, a community content and commerce knowledge platform dedicated to advancing natural health solutions. Welcome to the podcast, Lillian. Thanks, Mary. It's great to be here. Um, so let's get started by hearing your story. Why did you start Further Food? What motivated you initially to get this off the ground? That's a great question. Um... Well, as a lot of entrepreneurs' uh, stories go, I actually meant to start one thing and started something else. Um, I've actually been passionate about uh, healthy eating, uh, natural organic food, wellness for a long time. In fact, I used to be an investor in the space and, um, you know, identified the natural organic food space as a really fast-growing industry which is proven to be the case over the last 10, 15 years. Um, so I knew I wanted to start something. I wanted to move from the investment side to the operating side. I knew I wanted to start something in this space. And I originally thought I was going to start a kind of healthy snack, um, you know, e-commerce platform. And as I started doing diligence in the business, um, a couple things in my personal life um, happened. One was my dad got diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, I was doing uh, teacher yoga training, or yoga teacher training, and one of my best girlfriends uh, shared with me that her IBS was so bad that she would be leaving yoga class when she was in such pain. And um, at the same time, uh, another friend very close to me uh, was going through a really bad ulcerative colitis flare. And, you know, as I was doing research for this e-commerce snacking business, I was also starting to do research in these different diseases and how one could use food instead of just medication uh, to try to heal these diseases. And that really came from the influence of my mother. Uh, my mother is a chemist and uh, moved to China when I was five. And you know, she didn't know any English, but in the grocery stores, she knew how to read labels. Um, and she would say, oh my gosh, this has artificial coloring in it. This has artificial um, you know, additives in it. And she's like, this is like... It's like these were these are like chemicals. You can't eat this. So I was raised in a family that really, you know, focused on food and real food. And you know, as these people in my lives were struggling with these diseases, I was looking for information. What I found really interesting was that if you actually are looking at the disease level, there's very uh, little information online that focuses just on food and lifestyle changes by disease. There's no WebMD for holistic solutions. That's searchable by disease level, right? There's sites for diabetes, there's sites for like cancer, but there's nothing that aggregates all that knowledge together. And so that's how further food began. Like, oh, wouldn't it be really interesting if we could put together a platform that could help people find food-based solutions, lifestyle solutions by diseases, um, and then, you know, figure out things that they could be eating to help them feel better. And 
what I realized is that there's not a lot of information out there because it's not a well-researched or studied um, field. And I thought, well, the best thing to do would be to find people who had healed themselves and learn from their stories. So similar to you focusing on stories on this podcast, I decided to focus on the stories of people who had healed themselves. Mm. And we started collecting the data from people who had healed themselves. We called them health heroes. And then we started collecting um, advice and data from their doctors, from their holistic nutritionists, and we put together a whole expert network based off of um, these different health conditions. So all of a sudden we were collecting data and stories and advice from these health heroes and these health experts. And then what we did um, was, you know, put them into a really easy to search database. And the uh, idea has always been to create this community of people who focus and believe in food as medicine solutions, and then to take that knowledge um, to, and then to create products off of it, right? To create food-based products that actually heal. And that's what we've done. So we're about, you know, two and a half years into it, and we just launched our product line five months ago after uh, thousands of hours of research with this community. And, um, you know, it's really exciting. I think we have a really long, long way to go. But we cover over health, 50 health conditions. We have, you know, thousands and thousands of pieces of content uh, related to each health condition, related to 30 different types of dietary requirements. And now we're uh, putting out a functional food and a food-based supplement line. Wow. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been really interesting. I've learned a lot. Well, it's an, it's an incredible product, and, and the listeners may not know this, but I am definitely a... Uh, a user and a fan of Further Food as someone who has needed that kind of advice from a community like Further Food and definitely glad it exists. I'm I'm curious, you know, in the two and a half years you've been working on this, you know, about some of the the hard times or the times that you questioned like why you're doing this and what you kind of discovered in yourself that kept you motivated to keep pushing forward t- towards this very incredible mission that you just shared with us. So, um, I don't want to sound cavalier, but I've actually never questioned why I'm doing this. And, you know, I took a pretty unconventional path in that, like I said, we only launched our product five months ago. So we only launched our monetization, um, a revenue stream like five months ago. And, and prior to that, you know, we were pretty much, uh, you know, we're mainly bootstrapped. Um, and so it was really challenging the first year and a half, two years without generating revenue. But in terms of the mission, I never questioned because I, I, like, I know from personal experience, and I think Mary, you understand as well, there's such a need for this kind of information. There's such a demand, uh, by, uh, consumers for food-based health solutions. And as an investor in the food industry, you know, this is a trend I started witnessing 10 years ago, where in the U.S. we're in the middle of a tectonic shift in how we think about food. And, you know, the organic and natural food movement has gained so much traction that it's becoming mainstream. The next step of that, I think, uh, is kind of this notion of food as medicine. Right. I think we're still in the beginning stages of that gaining uh, more mainstream steam. But there is there are so many people who don't want to depend on drugs for the rest of their lives. Who know that, you know, 
they should be looking at the root causes of their diseases rather than just taking, you know, pills to manage symptoms, which also give them side effects, and it never really cures them. Um, and so I've always, always believed in the mission. And, um, you know, the, the, the only, you know, there's one point where uh, I kind of got devi I deviated a little bit from the mission because when we first started, I was, I always knew that we wanted to create a community focused around food as medicine and then we wanted to create products. And at one point, we were creating so much content um, before we launched new products. I kind of got caught up in that and started going down more of the content path. And, um, yeah, all of a sudden it was like, oh, maybe we can monetize with our content. And started getting pulled in that direction before waking up and realizing, wait, 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 no, that's not what we want to do. We want to stick with our original mission of creating products. Um, so that said, I mean, you know, it's, it was hard. It was lonely, especially in the beginning. Uh, you know, I'm a, now, I'm a solo founder, and I think being a solo founder is very, very hard. Um, but I never once questioned what we're, what we're doing. And I also, when I started, I set, I set the expectation that I knew this was going to be a 10-year, 20-year process. Having worked as a uh, venture capitalist, I knew I didn't want to raise, ever raise VC or institutional money because I didn't want to be put on a treadmill, right? Um, and so from the beginning, I had a very long view. From the beginning, I knew I wanted to wait to monetize because I really wanted to build up an authentic community. Mm -hmm. I wanted to build up an authentic mission. And now that we have launched our products, I think, you know, we were able to get to 200 brand ambassadors in the span of four months. And these are really enthusiastic brand ambassadors because they believe in our mission and they believe in the authenticity of our message. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been hard and challenging, but I've never really questioned kind of where we're going. Let's, let's dig into that, your choice about being a solo founder. And why, why didn't you find a co-founder? So often the investors or... Uh, people, other entrepreneurs give the advice, we need to find a co-founder. Did you at some point think about that and why did you choose to be a solo founder? I know, I keep, you know, th there's one particular advisor that kept saying you need a co-founder, you need a co-founder, and there were points where I'm like, oh my god, you need a co-founder, you need a co-founder, because it is hard being a solo founder. Um, but I think there's two reasons. One is personality driven, like I've always I don't want them a lone wolf, but I've always kind of, you know, just gone ahead and done things. Like, if, you know, I think when I first started, I was looking around and seeing if there's someone I can partner with. But I wasn't going to wait until I found someone to partner with and then start, you know, start launching the thing. Um, so I wasn't going to wait. So, you know, one one thing is I just took some patience, ready to get going, and I started. But along the way, I kept looking for a partner. Um and there were a couple times where I almost or really tried out a partnership with someone. It didn't quite work out. And, um, you know, and, then, and that's how it is, right? Sometimes you find someone, you're like, oh, my God, we're so on the same page. We're completely aligned. And, and you find someone who's really complimentary to you with very different skill sets. And you're like, hey, let's go, right? I have a very small team. I mean, we're two and a half years in, and we're only three full-time people. And so, in a way, you can 
think of the other two people on my team as my co-founders. But they, they, you know, they were, they were, they weren't with me in the very beginning. Um, and and now I think the three of us have very complementary skill sets, and we do work really well as a team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I kept. I did look. <laughs> I did have advisors saying you should find a co-founder. Just never happened. And you know, it would have would have been easier, maybe. Um, it definitely would have been less lonely. But there's also downsides having a co-founder and multiple co-founders. You know, teams break up all the time, mm-hmm. and you get distracted. And you're not as efficient, right? Um, so there's pros and cons, and you know, I made it work. And yeah. I think it's very it's it's a great example and very inspiring for the solo founders out there to show an example that you don't necessarily have to have a co-founder and and there are as many drawbacks to having a co-founder as there are to not having them and you and you mentioned that. There are as well. there's definitely pros and cons. I mean the one thing I would say is when you're when you don't have a co-founder, you better have a really good emotional support team. <laughs> a friend, family, you know, your spouse, his it is hard, and you know if you're used to working in a big company with like lots and lots of people, and also you're working by yourself, you know, I mean, it is a real transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it's easy, right. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is, and what carries you through is you believe in the mission, you believe in the company, you believe in what you're doing, and you just keep going. You just do it. <laughs> And that you've done. Um, another thing you've done that's not the typical Silicon Valley tech company story, uh, at least, is that you didn't raise venture capital. And you touched on this a little bit about why you didn't do that, about um, mentioning that you didn't want to be put on this treadmill. Will you elaborate on the reason why you didn't want to raise venture capital and tell us a bit about what path you did take uh, to fund your business as you've worked on this over the past few years? Yeah, that's really a good question. I mean, again, maybe this is my own, like, ego. I don't know. But, like, I hate I hate pitching, asking people for money. Like, I'm an extrovert, and I love people. But having to grovel and ask investors for money, I can't think of anything worse. I'd rather, you know, I mean, that's just, like, the epitome of hell to me. Um, and so I got really, really lucky, um, in that, you know, I did bootstrap it myself in the beginning. And then I went to a very, you know, a small group of friends, um, uh, you raise a very, very kind of small, um, I don't even know what I would call it around, right? But it was just enough to kind of keep us going and, and working very leanly. You know, one of the ways I worked really leanly is I had, you know, about seven interns working for me, <laughs> mainly for free at the time. Um, and uh, you know, did a lot of stuff myself. Um, but, I mean, I just couldn't think of anything worse than having to go ask people for money. And, and I... You know, because I, um, so I, I worked as an investor at more later stage deals, but deals, but I also did a lot of angel stuff. Um, I was representing other angel investors. So I got to see kind of the angel world. I would just look at, so I, you know, I, I, I got to be an angel in the room. I would just look at all these entrepreneurs spending, like their full-time job was fundraising. And I was like, if my whole time not to be to fundraise, who's going to run the business? Because I'm a sole founder, right? I can 
what else can I do to avoid that at all costs? And that was being super, super lean. Um, and then I went to um, a couple friends and raised a very small round. And, uh, you know, and then as the company grew, we got trash and I raised a little bit more. Um, and now that we have a product to market, you know, then, you know, so, you know, we might raise more. But even going forward, the path that I would choose to raise money is going through uh, my own networks and going after individual angels rather than institutional money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two reasons. Institutional money is, like, uh, you know, if you have the relationships, if you have the connections, by all means, go for it. But it's usually very, very time-consuming. And like I said, you know, further food is really different than most food companies. Um, maybe I didn't really talk about this. So further food is really different in that we started online only. We started in content community, right? So we're kind of techie, but we're not pure tech because we now have a product in market. And it's a, you know, it's a food-based uh, supplement. Um, and in the food world where we could also fall into, we're also not normal because we have this very big content an online presence as well. So we're not really a tech company. We're not like a traditional retail food company. We do a little bit of both. And, um, you know, I just don't want to be set to any tech-based expectations. I don't want to be set to any food-based expectations because uh, we're not we're not a cookie-cutter kind of company, um, which also makes after going institutional hard because most institutional investors are looking for, you know, something they're familiar with they understand really well and then they have certain expectations of growth after they invest in you mm-hmm. and um yeah i don't want to be subject to the to those expectations and one last thing is because like i said in the beginning i'm taking a 10 20 year view on this business right this is this business i'm making it in a way that i want to last uh because our mission is to help people um our mission is to really provide um you know education um, our mission is to like support other nonprofits that you know help with people with chronic illnesses, um, with healthy eating, and you know I want to be able to preserve that, and that doesn't bode well for outside investors usually. <laughs> you want a quick exit. You've um, you continue to kind of uh, answer the question I'm about to ask because I was going to ask you you know in 10, 20 years when you look back. You know, what do you want to be able to say that Further Food accomplished and did for the world? And it sounds like you have a very clear vision about how you want Further Food to help people and make an impact in their lives and health. Yeah, and what's really been interesting is when we first started, I looked at all the chronic diseases, right? And, you know, you know the big ones, heart disease, um, diabetes, cancer. But what I found so fascinating um, is who our most engaged communities are. And there is a huge group, I would say, of underserved uh, people out there with chronic health conditions that have autoimmune diseases and IBS. Now, if you add up the number of people with IBS and autoimmune conditions, it's like more than diabetes or cancer, you know, or heart disease. But you don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, People who are affected with autoimmune diseases and IBS are disproportionately women. And there's just been not a lot of research on either the conditions. They're just not, or there's just, autoimmune is like a whole set of conditions, right? There's like over 100 conditions with autoimmune diseases. 
but this is not well understood. And you know, part of the reason why they're coming to places like Further Food is that they actually there are no pharmaceuticals. There, there, there aren't drugs that they can take, and they're suffering, right? So they're looking for other solutions. Uh, and there's just not enough research out there about these conditions. Um, so you know, we can help even you know that community because it's. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of millions of people um, who suffer from autoimmune diseases and you know IBS. You know that that's huge. And um, you know, we, we do think that there are a lot of environmental uh, root causes of these diseases, right? And so. Um, just spreading the awareness that you need to pay attention to root cause, you pay attention to what you're eating, to you know your your environment. You know, spreading that awareness is huge. That's that's the mission, right? With so the, 10, 20 years from now, that's that's how we're gonna measure. That's how we're gonna hope to do is to spread the idea that hey, you know, um, if you have something, one of these conditions. Uh, you know, there there are good, there is good research out there. There is good information out there. Um, you know, food does heal and prevent and prevent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly a believer in that. Um, we, you know, with the community and the content you have with further food, and now the new products you have for people with various health health conditions. Are there stories you're hearing from your users about your users who who have used your community, um, read your content, and now are using your products and and now have made this huge positive breakthrough in their health? Oh my gosh! Yes. So you know we start like so we cover over fifty health conditions, and we work with. Lots and lots and lots of functional medicine doctors, holistic nutritionists. And it's so interesting because our community is kind of split. Um, you know, we have, I would say there's as many vegans as there are paleo people in our community, right? Like it, people have different philosophies on, on how to eat and what to eat. The one thing that everyone can agree on is that sugar is bad. And so about two years ago, we started launching a sugar detox challenge. Um, and it's free, and you know, we said, okay, let's just start with seven days. So seven days, that's intimidating. Anyone can do it for seven days, but uh, just to spread the awareness and help people cut out sugar. That program has been so successful. Um, just this year alone, we've had eleven thousand people sign up for it. Uh, we now partner with like a lot of doctors and experts who give advice during your seven days, and um, we. So that's become a kind of a cornerstone content um, uh, program that we offer, right? Our seven day sugar detox challenge. Um, we also encourage, you know, our first product is collagen uh, protein peptides. Um, collagen protein is very satiating and can actually help with weight loss. Now, we know, uh, you know, being overweight is the root cause of a lot of chronic conditions. You know, whether it's diabetes or heart disease or even autoimmune disease where you're expressing inflammation, right? Um, we know based on the data that in our community, weight, you know, weight loss is a huge um, uh, focus for a lot of people. Um, and so we've had a ton of success stories of people who do the sugar detox challenge, inspires them to stick with it. Um, you know, they take the advice of that challenge and they start walking more, right? They start exercising more. They are taking the collagen protein, 
and they experience dramatic results. Um, you know, we we have this one woman who actually wrote an writing an article about her. She has lost over forty pounds. Her um, her her digestive issues have gone away. Um, her heartburn, diverticulitis has gone away. Um, she has glowing skin now. Um, she has more energy than she's ever had, and she's in her sixties, and she was able to do this. You know, <laughs> so if um, and we have a you know, a lot more people sharing that kind of those kinds of stories with us, and it's it's kind of neat to see our programming work. Um, the products work um and you know it's just the beginning wow that's i imagine that's really an encouraging factor when you get to experience how your product is touching the lives of all these people and and it reinforces that why and the the original mission that you set out to do when you are getting that confirmation that it's actually working and actually helping these people yeah i know it's super cool i mean you know we we read from the reviews and and we're just like Wow, I mean, we're like, wow, we didn't even know our product could, you know, do that for someone, right? Yeah. They're sharing, you know, they're sharing photos of, you know, their nails and their hair and their skin. You know, these are you know, these things you can see on the outside, right? And they're mm -hmm. sharing a story of how their back pain has gone away, how their, you know, scars have gone away, how their joint pain has eased, and you're just like, wow, that's really cool. You know, our hypothesis that would, is that it would have helped. The clinical research says it could, but then once people actually start giving you Well, it's pretty much guaranteed that at least one of our listeners can relate to the problem that Further Food is solving, whether you know, he or she has you know, a condition that they could find information about on your website and through your community, or knows someone who could. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about how our listeners can check out your community and, and get started with engaging there and maybe even trying some of your new products. Yeah, well, our, you know, our website is furtherfood.com, F-U-R-T-H-E-R-F-O-O-D.com. And on there, um, you, you'll find a, a lot of content. Uh, it's sorted by, like I said, you know, health goals, health conditions, dietary needs. We have over 2,000 nutritionist-reviewed recipes on there. Um, if you want to do the sugar detox, you can sign up. We're running our next one probably in the fall. Um, and then, you know, if you go to the shop page, you'll see the collagen products. We have a grass-fed, pasture-raised collagen peptide. Um, and then we also just launched a fish-based, uh, wild-caught cod, um, marine collagen peptides. Um, so you can go check out the products there. Um, collagen, you know, is, after water, collagen is like the second most abundant molecule in our body. It, it, it holds our bodies together. Um, and we start losing it in our early 20s. And uh, so we have found, um, it's been 30 years of clinical research on collagen, but um, yes, eating more collagen every day will help everything from arthritis uh, to reducing your wrinkles <laughs> to helping with weight loss. So it's, it's kind of a really uh, cool product. Um, and we'll be launching more. You know, our whole thing is around finding food-based ingredients that heal. Uh, collagen is where we start, and you know, hopefully, ten years from now, we'll have a whole suite of uh, food-based and herb-based 
uh, products that can help people. Awesome. And we will include a link to For the Fruit in the show notes. So you can check that out there um, and try some of the collagen products and future products to come. As a as someone who has tried the collagen products and enjoyed them, I can say they are amazing and you can definitely tell the difference. And they make great gifts for other people. There's nothing oh, like do. Yeah, there's nothing like happy birthday to your friend that's turning 30 and giving them collagen to remind them that they're getting old <laughs> and they it's should the take gift care of health. <laughs> the gift of health that's you know it's like the priceless gift um well Lillian thank you so much for sharing your story on today's podcast we look forward to sharing this with our listeners and continuing to see great things from further food to come thanks so much Mary